right, so welcome back, everybody. It's time for another exhilarating episode of In the Mouth of Madness, our World War II Marvel superheroes campaign with my illustrious players from Start Playing Games. We're a couple players shy tonight. Uh, we've got one that will be coming in late. Unfortunately, two of our other guys had conflicts that just uh, couldn't uh, be overcome, but we're going to press forward regardless. Just a quick announcement before we get started. If you are a fan of Marvel superheroes, we will be starting a new spacefaring what if style game called Marvel Galaxies this coming March. And for fans of our other ongoing Marvel campaign, Orphans of the Blip, that particular campaign will be going on hiatus for a bit while we explore an everyday hero's adventure inspired by Highlander, The Crow, and Assassin's Creed called Whispers of Time. If you follow Dream Slayer Studios, be sure to like and subscribe and join us on Patreon for some sweet-ass perks. You can find the link in the description of this episode. So, last session, our band of heroes confronted Amul Farouk in the Alilat Almadia nightclub. The Shadow King had stolen two of the items our heroes had retrieved from the clutches of the Axis powers, the Amulet of Pazuzu and the Lament Configuration. After wresting control of the Amulet of Pazuzu from the possessed Moon Knight, the heroes came face to face with a transformed Farouk, revealing his nightmarish spider-like form and reveling in his newfound control over the denizens of the hellish landscape known as the Labyrinth, Cenobites, apparently of his own design. In a fierce battle, the heroes tussled with the horrific demon-like mutations while the Shadow King pulled the strings of his new puppets. With a powerful fastball special move by the newest addition to the team, Professor William Wagner, and using Bombshell as the projectile, in an amazing twist of fate, the world's most powerful telepath was taken down in one electrical ball of energy. When the Lament configuration uh, with the Lament configuration in Mr. Arcane's mystic grasp, Bombshell took it upon herself to retrieve one last item from the Shadow King's forehead, the Opal of Ozymandias. Upon grasping the Opal, however, Bombshell was overwhelmed with a terrible vision shared by the telepathic link from Mr. Arcane's gift from the Ancient One. The heroes witness, in their minds, the earth laid to waste in an all-consuming inferno, and rising from the ashes, a single spear. A spear which the Quantum Man believes may very well be the famed Spear of Longinus, or the Spear of Destiny. So we now join our heroes as the vision comes to an abrupt end, and the Cenobites are being pulled back into the Labyrinth Dimension. I'll pull us to the map that we were on there. And the Shadow King is uh, unconscious at this point. Yes. Um, Hank, I think you should probably uh, see if uh, the old man can, you know, handle that. Because we don't have any place to keep him huh. and I'm afraid that when he wakes up that's going to be a problem yeah I uh, 
<laughs> you know, I've really been calling on the Vishanti quite a bit <laughs> as of late. Um, let me try a little. I'm at the old man, not the not the uh, the ancient one. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Um, the. the the issue there is is I'm probably going to have to drop out of my body for a bit and then come back and who knows how long that's going to take in order to make that happen. That's fair. So I think I may try something. I don't know if it's going to work. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to stand over here by the liquor. <laughs> yeah. And she goes and makes herself a drink. <laughs> Um, something a little more normal like is there any just beer <laughs> um, yeah you could probably root through some of the muck uh, on the uh, behind the bar there uh, and get through the viscera a little oh, bit Oh God! <laughs> and, uh, and you might be able to find you a, a bottle of mead back there <laughs> I've been you know I was a soldier on the Italian front line the uh, North African front I've probably seen grosser things <laughs> I am obviously dropping back to human form to rummage through bottles as tank, tank hands are not that useful <laughs> for these situations um, so Mr. Arcane kind of goes into a bit of a meditative state, uh, and you hear him murmuring a little bit under his breath, and he, it's some arcane language that you're unfamiliar with. Uh, and as he's doing so, his body begins to kind of raise up ever so slightly off of the ground, uh, and you see that kind of tiger form that he forms a lot of times when he uh, shoots his uh, eldritch beams uh, begin to kind of form around his his upper body um, and I'm going to make a roll here and see how he does at a green um, and you see the uh, tiger begin to grow and get a little bit larger and he go the head reaches out towards um the shadow king and bites down on him now, this is an energy being essentially right uh and as it, it goes around him the shadow king disappears and the tiger head goes back into Mr. Arcane. And Arcane opens his eyes, comes back to light on the ground, and he looks and he's like, did that work? Do you have indigestion? I I feel fine. Well, then I think it maybe worked. It looked like you ate him. I mean, you had a tiger face, but I mean, he's not uh. he's not there. So, good job. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that perhaps I sent him to the realm of the Shanty uh, with with the help uh, of my mentors, of course. But uh, um, 
hopefully he'll stay there at least for a while and maybe they can deal with him in the way that they deal with him and I mean, is definitely there, better uh, than us. Is there a risk he could do something bad to these Vashanti dudes? Oh no, I think tough. I think that they are they certainly would have enough power between the three of them to hold him at bay. Okay, you know this stuff, I don't. Good. That's one less thing to worry about. But now we have another problem because what in the world was that that we just saw. Shelly is mixing a drink and she doesn't know what goes together. And she says, well, uh, it looked like everything had been destroyed and there was a spear. And Quantum Med said something and I don't, I don't, don't really know what that was. <laughs> How about that? I just rolled for uh, uh, William... Uh, to check his uh, Scholar of Antiquities, <laughs> and he rolled a one. Uh, and I don't know if that vision just scared him so much, but he has no idea what in the hell that thing was. <laughs> uh, Mr. Arcane fares a little better, uh, and he says, if, if I didn't know any better, and I think that the Quantum Man might have actually shouted this out at moments after we had that vision but I have to perhaps agree with him that did look like the staff of Longinus the complete blank look on her face and she just sips she just sips the drink she just made and then makes an awful face like oh god what is that <laughs> well, what is the staff again well the staff of Longinus was is a holy relic that was held by the Roman guard that pierced the side of Jesus Christ on the cross. Oh, that sounds pretty powerful. Well, it certainly is rumored to have great power within it. Uh, and Unfortunately, even though I am a mystic myself and a scholar of an antiquities, when Shouldn't it comes that sort to of thing, be like with the Pope, one would think. And truth be told, I'm not sure. Well, number one, you know, as things are with items of mysticism, there's always a question as to whether or not it's a myth or reality uh, until one actually lays one's hands <clears throat> upon it. Given uh, what we've seen, I mean, and what we just saw, it, obviously it's real. Well, I think with the experiences that we've had as of late, I think we could certainly assume that it probably is. Um, Do we think he got it? who the uh Hitler I mean do we think he got it oh god he's the one who was after it all in the beginning yeah but and that wasn't the ones we like were like holy you know Hitler would just like burn up if he touched it right I wish well the one thing that I do know about the staff it is it is rumored to hold a certain power within it that guarantees 
success in battle. Oh, then we definitely do not want Hitler getting his hands on that. True. Well, and we don't know what that vision was. We don't know if that was the future or a warning or like, do you know what this thing does? She like holds up the the opal. I don't know how big it is. Uh, yes, I, I would probably prefer to hold that myself, if you don't mind. <laughs> is it dangerous? I mean, obviously it's dangerous. I mean, like, can you hold it? What'll happen? Mr. <clears throat> coming out of here and eating you. You're the only one and that's going on. Now, when I brought it back to Farouk, when this all started, um, I did not hold it in my hand. Uh, I believe Darkwing was the one that actually gave it physically to Amul. But the Opals did not seem to have any adverse effect on Darkwing when he held it. Now, obviously it had an effect on bombshell just now but i'm wondering perhaps if maybe that was not a side effect of the fact that we all were sharing a telepathic communication and somehow maybe it was feeding off of that maybe our combined energies is what potentially brought it out or perhaps that 69 that you rolled at the very end <laughs> <clears throat> um i i will give it to you to hold on to but you have to promise you're not possessed well if it makes you feel any better I'll encase it uh, in eldritch energy like I've done some of the other items that we've had up until this point and then that way I won't come into physical contact with it okay that sounds it's... good it sounds, that sounds like the kind of thing you ain't supposed to touch I mean it's really pretty it is very pretty It'd make a really nice necklace. But here you go. Alright. And he weaves <laughs> his little spell and encases it in the in the crystal. Uh, and then puts it in one of his several pouches probably that he has in his uh, in his pretty little scarf. She gives kind of a little pouting sigh and then takes a drink. I was like, oh god, why? Why? She made the world's worst cocktails. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, we're at a position now, a fortunate position, I think, of where we now have the items that were taken from us back in our possession. But now I think the question remains is what do we do with those? Uh, we had Ooh. turned these over to happy Sam Sawyer originally and this unfortunately is where they ended up no nah, it's a bad idea i think you yeah, hang out maybe we should give them to uh agent carter uh something like that but i think at the very least we should probably get back with our commanding officers and at least give them a little bit of a lowdown of what happened here tonight yeah we should report in for sure um, so here's a dumb question. Hmm. So we know where that spear based on the 
the scripture. We know where it was used. But we don't know what happened to it afterwards. Is that something that, like, you guys would know about? I mean, do we know where it went? And, like, maybe that way we could be, we could get on the trail of it to figure out where it is? As I said, unfortunately, my knowledge of a lot of the more uh, holy relics is probably not up to snuff. I know I knew at least from the vision of what it was, but I would have to do some research on my own uh, to try to figure out perhaps where that staff might have been. It's a really powerful artifact, though, right? It's again rumored to be yes. yeah so like isn't that something that you can like look for with your you know maybe maybe not eh. it could be the too like if somebody has it who knows what they're doing maybe they could hide it too well i i do wish it were that easy and if i were able to do that i would have been doing it all along and perhaps maybe cut our last leg of our uh, adventures maybe a little bit shorter <laughs> and maybe really get them to to a punt to the punch maybe right. that's something i should work on i mean i i literally don't know enough i didn't know enough to know if that was a dumb question or not so now i know <laughs> well not a dumb question i wouldn't think all right so I guess then we well I don't did Peggy say she was coming with um I believe that uh, she probably would have been at the airstrip uh, where you guys would have come into Egypt uh, so she's probably here in town yes uh, okay waiting for you guys probably back at the airstrip alright so I guess um back to the airstrip then I think that's or do we want to see if we can help um, that Moon Knight fella? Or I do we think, think that the crisis is over now, that we got the I box? I think we can probably handle it on our own. I really kind of want to get these things somewhere safe. I'm really not comfortable carrying them around in a place where we, you know, we don't know who else here could be, uh, you know, working for them or looking for them. The whole thing with this mystic stuff is, for all I know, someone's staring into a crystal ball now watching us. around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. You know, it's like anything's possible, so let's just get these things somewhere where people know how to, like, block them off. Yeah, the tank certainly has a point, and there is the fact that we do know that the Thieves' Guild is out and about, uh, and pretty little baubles like the things that we are carrying might be very tempting. Now, I'm sure we could probably take some petty thieves, but who knows what else they might have under their... Uh, control. They may have powered individuals just like us that we just haven't faced just yet. Sure. I'm just starting to think like the only safe hands are our hands at this point. Now, there's something to be said about that as well. Uh, (sighs) And I don't know that we necessarily would have to turn it over and I think perhaps maybe even Hap might understand our trepidation in actually giving it over at this point because of what he's been through. Yeah, that's true. I think yeah. of anybody. He yeah. seemed pretty shook about it. All right. Well, I'm with you, Tank. I say let's get back to Peggy and and Hap, and then we can do a debrief, and then perhaps figure out what it is that we're going to do with these things, and then maybe tell them about the staff. 
Sounds good. Yeah. And maybe, right. you know, they may have people who've gotten some other read on this staff, or maybe, you know, what we can tell them will help fill in some gaps. They can just tell us what direction to go to start looking for this. Maybe we can keep it out of, you know, Adolf's hands. Because those are about the worst hands it could be in. Yep. That is true. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Okay, so you guys kind of make your way back uh, to the airstrip, and it's it's a little bit of a haul uh, to get back there, and you do have to pass through Cairo uh, proper to get there. And as you go, you can see now things have certainly calmed down out here uh, in the city. Uh, there are fires, you know, here and there, but the people have now kind of begun to come out of their homes because they've felt that things have kind of dissipated. That dark cloud that had been hanging over the city has completely dissipated at this mm. point. And now it's nighttime, but you can clearly see the moon. Uh, and uh, at, at one point you feel like you saw like a crescent figure <laughs> kind of pass in front of the moon for just a moment and then dive back down. Uh, so you think you might have just spotted uh, your new friend, the Moon Knight, potentially uh, uh, diving in on some of the uh, the thieves that were still out and about. Uh, you see community members and firefighters, police officers uh, going about putting out fires, helping other citizens that are in distress. Uh, there are no signs of the mummies that you had seen before. Um, you see Thieves Guild members uh, running <laughs> and uh, some of them being chased at times by both local citizens and police officers. Uh, so it seems like the city is kind of coming together to kind of help put an end to the chaos that they have been under for the last couple of days. So that's good news, at least. Indeed. Um, once you guys get back to the airstrip, uh, it's it's a very small airfield uh, with a few like bunker-like uh, structures there, kind of right on the outskirts of the city, just as it goes out into the desert. Uh, and it's a military uh, airstrip, so uh, seems to probably be British-owned. Um, so you guys go back to the, one of the bunkers there before you guys had, had ventured out and into the city and you find Peggy and Hap there uh, with a few other uh, British soldiers milling about. It'll fill them in on the situation. You know, if we have some privacy, I'm not going to do it standing out with a bunch of crowd around. And... Uh, basically say we got these things. Uh, I don't want to just be carrying them around with us. I mean, I hate to be negative, but let's say we go after the spear, we've got these things and the worst happens. If they knock us out, you know, they can just recapture them from us. So we really like, I'd like to be able to go after, uh, go after the spear thing and get the rest of the things, you know, Hitler's looking for. But carrying around the other stuff, it's like carrying around a, a book of codes. Right. You know? 
Yep, you're right. I don't want that falling into the enemy's hands if the worst comes to the worst. And this is war. You know, bad shit happens in war. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, Hap says, Well, listen, fellas, ma'am. I absolutely understand where you're coming from on this. And, and truth be told, after the experience that I had, I now kind of see the, uh, the light, you know, at the end of the tunnel. And I realized that... It usually that, means there's a train coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think wherever we put this within the United States control... I hate to say it, but I don't know that I can trust everybody there. Now, we've learned that. I mean, is there someone who's really good at this, uh, you know, magic stuff who can kind of put it in a, a box that magic can't get into? I mean, I don't know nothing about magic, so I'm just trying to think here. It's like, you know, if you've got gold or jewels, you put them in a bank vault and you have to uh, make sure the bank vault's really tough. And, you know, try to keep out a safe cracker. So something like that. Is there like a bank vault for uh, for magic? Well, that's sort of kind of what we were planning on initially when we set this whole gig up. Um, there is a secret place in Washington uh, where stuff like this can be stored. And as far as we know, stored fairly safely. Um, now that case that I was putting everything in it certainly was actually provided to us by Howard Stark and it seemed to do its job but as you now know I never actually made it to my destination in Washington I was coming here uh, to drop these items off to the Shadow King uh, of course not of my own will I um I gave him your regards happy well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. He's put away, at least for the time being, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we think so. I've been you know, informed that where, where we dumped him is pretty safe. Well, I tell you what. I, 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 got, I got a lot of stuff that I got to deal with on my end. Because... While you guys have been gallivanting around here in Cairo, I've been on the horn with Washington and kind of filling them in on what has happened and what you guys were up to. And I cannot disobey a direct order. But I also inform them of what happened to me in the process of all of this. Now, trying to explain that I had my brain taken over by some schmuck in Cairo, uh, a lot of the folks in the upper brass kind of find that a little bit hard to believe. Uh, and I have told them at this point that we do not have the items in question. Okay. You, you have not returned them to me as we speak. That is true. And I know that I'm going to have to be held accountable, both by you good folks 
and by my superiors over what has happened. Now, fortunately, you've gotten the items back that we lost. My last communication to them informed them that we did not have them. My orders at that time was to return to Washington and face a potential court-martial. So, and he pulls out Stark's briefcase and he sets it down in front of you all. I got to go pay the piper. And I'm going to pretend we never had this conversation. Okay. At this point, I'm going to leave you in the hands of Miss Carter here. So, as things move forward, you are still active. You are just not under my command. Understood, sir. I got it. So, whatever Miss Carter says goes. You follow her to the rule of the law, and I'll do my best to weasel my way out of a court martial. And hopefully, I'll see y'all on the other side. Okay. I tell those boys that they better be nice to you, or I'm gonna come talk to them. I'll let them know. I'm sure they'll be excited. All right, and he takes his leave uh, with a couple of the uh, of the British soldiers, and you hear a plane kind of whirring in the background. Sounds like he's probably heading in that direction. Um, Peggy then kind of chimes in at this point. So, well, <laughs> here we are. I suppose probably since we have this handy-dandy little contraption from Howard Stark, uh, perhaps we should go ahead and at least put the items in question inside. Yes. Uh, she opens up the case, and then um, Mr. Arcane uh, puts the two I or three items now uh, into the case, shuts it, locks it, and you hear the uh, the gears inside whir as it clicks itself shut. So now I understand we have yet another conundrum that perhaps might need our particular set of skills and our immediate attention. So, as you all may or may not recall, through some of our dealings in recent months, I had alerted you to the fact that Adolf Hitler had indeed begun his quest for items of power well before we got involved in beating him to the punch with these last few items. Yep. I think you see where I'm going with this, yep. don't you? Yes. I think so, yeah. One of the first items he had his sights set on was a holy relic that is commonly referred to as the Spear of Destiny. Back in 1938, Hitler, in his conquest for capturing territories, oversaw the annexation of Austria and observed the transfer of the Habsburg Crown Jewel Collection, which included the Holy Lance, from Vienna to Nuremberg, the Nazis' favorite city. 
With the Spear of Destiny now safely ensconced in Germany, Hitler declared that war could begin in earnest. And we find ourselves here, now, in the middle of this conflict that was spawned by the little idiot's fascination with an ancient spear. Yeah. So, this vision that you had certainly was fortuitous. Because in the time that you all have been gallivanting about collecting these particular items, the British MI6 agent that some of you were charged with protecting on the train to Poland from Paris just a few weeks ago, Heinrich Bruhl. You remember him? Yes. Gimli, yeah. Heinrich uncovered the secret location of the Holy Lance some weeks ago, even before he met you. Unfortunately, it is his belief that before he was able to procure the object in his undercover operation, the spear itself was somehow switched out with a fake. Now, the good news is Brule is currently on a brief leave of absence from the service of the SS and is currently debriefing in Paris as we speak. Now, Brule has done extensive research on the spear and... Perhaps he may have some information that may assist us in discovering exactly what might have happened with the Spear of Longinus. So, we go into him? I believe, as I said, I think that vision was very fortuitous. It seems like destiny is, for mm. lack of a better word, destiny is pointing us in the right direction. So, I suppose I'll arrange a flight back to Paris so that we can meet with Brule. With your vision, I believe it's imperative that we take this opportunity to do what we must to retrieve the spear so it can be sequestered to a safe place away from Nazi hands. I think uh, in that's Paris, right. did you just say? I may have misheard you. Uh, yes, Paris. Isn't Paris kind of full of Nazis right now? Well, it is, but I, as you recall, I am a member of the resistance there in, in France. I have uh, ins and outs where we should be able to get in without uh, too much trouble. And, and more importantly, that's where Brule place, is. You know, right in the dragon's lair, as it were. Yeah, well, we've been there once before, haven't we? Yeah. Okay. All right, so to uh, Paris then. Um, if you guys recall the little, uh, well, I, I don't know if I think Bombshell wasn't with us just yet. Were you with us at any point in Egypt when we were here the first time? No. Okay. No, I arrived at White Chapel. All right, so there was a little kind of mom and pop hotel uh, that they had set up for you guys, and Peggy lets you know. Right now, we're probably not going to be able to. Uh, make the trip overnight to Paris, but first thing in the morning, she should be able to get us transport uh, into Paris. Uh, so she's gonna set you up for the night at the uh, at the hotel, uh, and then we'll meet back here at 0800 hours in the morning. Sounds good. Be careful. I think there's a lot of um, really upset folks back in Cairo. <laughs> But 
I think they got other problems to worry about other than revenge. I hope. All right. So now if you guys have um, sustained any damage from the last battle, uh, you've got uh, two times where you can heal up to your um, endurance rank in, in this amount of time that we've kind of just been doing the chat. So uh, Lizard, that would mean you'd heal up up to 80 points, which I think would take you back to full health. Oh yeah. Well, I gotta yeah. recalculate my health since I raised my. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is, is health some of fighting? Uh, is some of the first four? Yep, first four. Okay. And Shelly was fully healed before she put her drink down. <laughs> Arcane and fiend should be back. Now her outfit, there. on the other hand. <laughs> Uh, here's hoping the little hotel has some uh, access to some unmentionables. <laughs> That's 90 right there. That's 126. I think at this point she's probably going to give up on her uh, on her costume and just just wear whatever she can find. <laughs> <clears throat> No, that's a shame. It's such a nice costume. <laughs> she was, I mean, she was taking it very seriously. Like it was her uniform, you know, it's a big deal. She's a symbol, you know, just like Captain America. Yeah. Just like Captain America, you know, follow the, follow the, you know, the example. Yeah. And um, for some reason, her, her uniform does not hold together nearly as well as his. <laughs> um, It's almost like they designed it that way. Well, does... Does the lady need to go shopping? There's a whole bazaar here. Oh, she's absolutely going to do that then. <laughs> um, I don't know if she's got any local funds, but oh, she I'm, might yeah. hit Peggy up. Yeah, I, I, I think you've... I mean, you're getting compensated for all of this, so... Um, I, I would say... Now, here's my question then. Mm -hmm. is, is she looking to build a new costume or is she just going to get stuff that's just going to get her through for right now I think she's ready for a new costume yeah I feel like the boys that set her up with the uh, with the initial costume maybe they weren't taking her very seriously as, mm -hmm. as like a, a fighter and maybe it was more like you know oh she's a showgirl you know put her in a cute little outfit and she'll inspire the boys um, yeah, well, maybe they would be more inspired if you was to punch them through a wall. <laughs> Plus, I've also got this jacket, which I've been wearing a lot lately, that Quantum Man was so nice to make for me, and uh, really didn't match the other <laughs> outfit. So maybe something, um, maybe some white, you know, that goes with the steel. Maybe, maybe some basics. Um, instead of the the red, white, and blue, as much as as much as I love it. Okay, so, um, why don't we role play that out, and okay. uh, perhaps Tank can be your escort. Sure. <laughs> well, uh, she's gonna. She will. She'll look at Tank and she'll be like, Tank, I need your help. 
we have to take care of this. And she's going to open her jacket just just enough so that he can see that like her her bra literally got like shredded right off her body and like her 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 blouse that was like you know cut like that is just barely hanging on by like half a button. I can't go around like this. Yeah, no, you're a soldier in Uncle Sam's army. You deserve some respect. Thank you, Tank. I may have to make... That's very sweet of you to say. I may have to make Tank roll a psyche feat. (laughs) (laughs) There's no no self-control here. You know. (laughs) Oh, this this man's made of iron. Look at him. Look at that. Look at that. He's literally... Yes. Always the tank. Always the gentleman. He's our. He is my rock. (laughs) All right. So you guys actually do have to go through the bazaar to get to uh, the hotel. Anyway, Uh, the rest of the crew uh, kind of meander back. They they know that you both are in good hands and can take care of each other. So they're not too concerned. And seeing how the town is now kind of starting to come together a little bit um then they yeah. they feel safe kind of separating from you guys at least you know for a bit so and they know where you're going to be just in case sounds good um okay. so the bazaar is not as hopping as it normally is um a lot of the places have kind of shuttered down during this process but now that uh, things seem to be in the clear, a few of them have begun to kind of open up their uh, their doors just a little bit to, you know, perhaps make a little coin tonight before everything shuts down completely. Uh, so there's a few places there, and you do see uh, like several like fabric shops. You see some clothiers. Um, and and other places like that. Why don't you make a um, uh oh reason? No intuition. Okay. Roll slightly better. <laughs> Great. Okay. Okay. Um, there's a couple of clothing shops there. Um. A lot of it's pretty touristy and just kind of breezing through some of the uh, the clothes on the racks in a couple of these different areas that are you can tell that they're kind of they look nice but they're shoddily put together mm-hmm. they're gonna fall apart yeah the first uh, time a mummy crawls claw, uh, claws at you yeah right um, then you end up coming to like a third shop uh, and everything in this particular place seems to be uh, much more well-made, sturdier material. There's a lot of leathers mm. uh, here, and it's probably camel leather from the look okay. of it. Um, and I didn't know that was a thing. Some rather unique designs uh, in this particular shop as well. Well, she's immediately excited, so she's like, she's gonna like, you know, grab this thing here and show a tank and hold it up and let's see if there's a mirror around and immediately start trying to figure out like what would be what would be a good 
accents for a steel, like a, a, a chrome-looking coat or whatever this thing looks like. In my mind, the jacket uh, it reminds me of, like, the Silver Samurai's armor. What's that now? Sorry. In, in my mind, the jacket, the way that the Quantum Man put it together, mm-hmm. reminds me of the Silver Samurai's armor. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Like, it's, it's like, you know, like, silvery. It's just steel. Uh, I'm assuming that he probably, I mean, he was putting it together on the fly, but, I mean, why wouldn't you make it corrosion-resistant and shiny? <laughs> right? Right. So, kind of segmented, almost? Yeah. Because it. it's got to be articulated, right? It's got to be able to move. Mm-hmm. Now, if I remember right, I think, didn't he transform the jacket that you were yes. wearing into that? Okay. Yes, yeah. he did. Okay. So, if we want to get real about it, we were in Poland at the time, and that was the cold weather gear. Okay. So, uh, whatever coat that she would have been wearing uh, against the weather. Um, so, probably was... more of like an overcoat kind of yeah. deal? Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then... Um, as you are kind of going through some of the stuff here and kind of holding it up and so forth, a little tiny, like four foot 11 Egyptian woman that looks like she's about 11 years old, (laughs) (laughs) um, comes tottering up to you and, and, uh, she speaks in English. Good. Oh, very, very pretty. Oh, that looks beautiful on you I I have I need your help I'm very active okay oh, I, I can see that I can yes, see I'm you're getting into a lot of fun. physical activity um and I have um well my previous outfit I feel like maybe wasn't designed for that oh but this jacket not just no, no the jacket's great but and then she undoes it and she's like but <laughs> oh, I see. Oh no, I see. <laughs> I'm sure your partner here enjoys that very much. But uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Cover yourself more. <laughs> no, um, thanks, very dear friend. Um, so yeah, I need um, I need something that's going to stand up to, you know, fighting and um, unfortunately, probably getting hit and. Something that will look good with this coat. And she looks over at uh, Tank, and uh, she says, "You, you are soldier, yes? Yep. This is this is girlfriend. Uh, just a good friend right now. Another another soldier. Ah, taking sure oh. she gets what she wants. Lady soldier. Yes." Yeah. I yeah. do, I do not know that there are lady soldiers. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we got all sorts. We got you know the wax, waves, wasps. I can't even keep track of them all. They all start with <laughs> W. <laughs> oh, then you need something, something more fitting than for for you and your activities. Yes, yes. How, how long are you here in Cairo? We're leaving in the morning. Oh dear me. Oh. Mm. Oh, not but much time. Not have much money. time. And she's as and she, she just takes all the money she has 
and holds it out to her. And she, she sees that. I close eye on, on her. I'm still in human form, but I'm you know, a pretty strong guy. You know, kind of leaning over. And, uh, you know, you'll tell us what the price is before you take the money, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, she had just kind of turned around and was kind of sorting through some random fabric that was sitting out on a table as you were doing that. And then you held the money out. And mm-hmm. she picks up the pace quite a bit. <laughs> and she starts rooting around through stuff and, like, throwing stuff around and, like, flipping stuff over her shoulder. Uh, Shelly is obviously a shrewd negotiator. And she grabs hold of you and pulls you over to a, uh, a wooden crate that's kind of out in the middle of the uh, of the shop. Mm-hmm. And there's like a little uh, kind of trifold mirror that kind of folds out and sits stands you on top of that. And she starts kind of holding up different fabrics and then she starts taking measurements and all of this. Uh, and she says, your, co- your cost, your uniform was originally very colorful it looks like the united states flag yes that was that was the the idea that that the boys put together um you look like a beautiful beautiful doll yeah and i think maybe that was okay uh for then but i think well things are a little more serious now and maybe maybe I want people to take me a little bit more seriously and maybe not just as a doll well as a woman don't we all (laughs) she's kind of like yeah and she reaches up and she touches your cheek just very gently she says you remind me of my daughter Oh. I'm keeping a close eye on her. Something about this is a little suspicious. <laughs> and with everything we've been going through, people who are possessed or demons in disguise or ship changers or everything else, I think it's... I'm entitled to be just a little paranoid. <laughs> Lizard, you're acting like our DM's a guy named Dream Slayer or something. <laughs> um, so she asks you, well, my dear, if you had your pick and choice of what you wanted to represent you as a strong young woman, what would that be? Oh, this is hard. I don't know. I, w- I still want to. I still want to feel pretty. I still want to. I still want flowy. You know. Um. And that was one of the things I didn't like. And I also, the heels were not a good idea. Oh, no, terrible. And out in this sand? Oh, I can't imagine. Yes, no, that was terrible. Um, So no more heels, or at least not uh, not high heels. Like a heel on a boot, maybe, you know, something a little bit more stable. Um, But I don't know. I want something elegant. Something, something that's got a little bit of class. Thank you. That's exactly it. Class. What he said. Something that people look at and go, "Oh, wow!" And you know, like, "Oh, that's that's a that's a powerful woman, or a strong woman, or a beautiful woman." Not a, "Oh, look at that cute little tart." 
Now, do yeah. you wish to continue to wear the colors of your country? Well, yeah, she's a soldier. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't be speaking out of turn. <laughs> no, yeah. you're right. You're right, Tank. I do. I just don't know, like, if the whole outfit needs to be like. Look at his. Look at his uniform, right? Olive. It's a normal. I mean, human form. It's basically a normal uniform. Yeah, he's got a regular army uniform on. Yeah. See, look at his. He he's not all in red, white, and blue, but he's got the he's got the he's got the patch. He's got his insignia. Yeah. Uh, everybody who looks at him knows what he represents. I have a suspiciously large number of straps that loosen up when I need to, you know, move a lot. If you know what I mean, wink, wink. <laughs> As I said, you are a beautiful and strong young woman and we have many customs here in Cairo that go back generations upon generations and many of us have a certain kinship to to the past and whether that be to the ancient gods of Egypt or to the animals that call Cairo home and the Nile home, many of us adopt symbols mm. into our everyday lives, into our persona. And as she says this, you see uh, that she's wearing some earrings that have uh, like turtles on them. Mm. And then even the garb she wears uh, has almost like a tortoise shell kind of pattern to it. You are a symbol not only for your country, for your army, but you are a symbol for women. And you show strength in your womanhood. So is there a symbol that means something to you? Well, I mean, I think it would make... There's a... My daddy was a pilot. And, um... I, I really liked the the I always wanted to fly and um, the you know the American eagle is maybe a thing that we could do there's some leverage somehow I don't know I'm I feel kind of silly even saying it but yes. I mean that's what we're talking about so I don't know do you have eagles here I'm we I don't I don't eagles, know yes okay but the American Eagle is, I believe, different than ours. Probably. Yeah, it's got the, they call it the bald eagles. It's got the white feathers on the head. Oh, yes, very beautiful. Just like you. <laughs> he blushes. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dear, uh, you're keeping the jacket, I assume. Yes, it's it's very protective. 
and even though I heal really fast, it's it's nice to not get, you know, hurt by everything that comes along. You have a very electric personality. <laughs> and hey. I believe, with that in mind, perhaps with the jacket that you are wearing, some silver would be nice. And with the with the bald eagle, perhaps perhaps some browns. Okay. Some earthy tones, I see. But I will work a little special something up for you. And she's sketching out on a pad as she's speaking. And I mean, a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense to you. Uh, and it's it's very crude in its form. Uh, but she's, mm-hmm. she's kind of drawing out the American flag. She's kind of drawing out the eagle. She's drawn your jacket out uh, a little bit. And you're starting to kind of see like a formation of something now kind of being put together. This is a project that would normally take me the better part of a week to complete, but you are only going to be here until tomorrow. But I will do my best. Well, that's lovely. Thank you. And I will stay up all night for you to complete this wonderful project. I don't have anything else going on, as you can see. (laughs) And what is uh, exactly is this going to cost us? I don't know just yet. She's got to figure out what materials she's got to use, right? And doesn't know, like, it's, you know, how how much cutting and, you know, all that. So I'm sure she's going to be fair. I, I will be fair. Plus, you're staying up all night, and that deserves something, too. And if you don't like it when I am complete with it, and you don't like the price, then I will have something for my shop. If I don't like it, I'm going to feel terrible and I'm going to buy it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Because I would be a terrible person if I didn't. But she doesn't say that part out loud. (laughs) She she leans down and she gives uh, the lady a little kiss on the cheek. Thank you so much. Oh, Thank you. Now, for you, young man. Uh, I'm fine. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you could uh, you could use a little something, you know, a nice uh, a nice suit for for uh, relaxing. Relaxing. I got a dress uniform in my duffel bag if I need it. Well, I won't have the kind of time that I would need to spend on the young lady here, but. I would be remiss if there was not something that I could provide for you. So when you come back in the morning before you leave, I may have a little gift for you. See? Yeah, You're I so nice. that. Is there any place to dance around here? Uh, there is a, a nightclub. Uh, just down the way, I believe it is called the Alilat Almedia. Okay, that sounds great. 
Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, uh, Tank Honey, is that the place where we... Uh... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess it's back to the hotel for us. <laughs> <laughs> Probably safer. I'm not sure about the nightlife here. Yeah, that place needs a cleaning job real bad. <laughs> That's one way to put it. All right. Well, I will leave you to it. Thank you so much, ma'am. What's your name? Oh, my name is... I wrote it down somewhere. There it is. <laughs> oh, I wrote it down somewhere. Yes, it's a very traditional name. I'll Iman... just call you a rodent. Imandit. Imandit. Okay. And, um... I'm Shelly. Oh, Shelly, very pretty. It's not the name I was born with, but it's the one I have now. The long story. All right, off we go. Jake. What is your given name? Uh, Jake. You can just call me Jake. Jake. And the young lady, what is the name you were born with? Oh, um... I'm not supposed to tell people, so don't tell anybody. But my, my first—I used to be Priscilla. Oh, Priscilla! It sounds like a flower. Yeah, I'm not sure where they get it from. Well, whatever name you go by, you carry the beauty along with you. Oh, stop! You're making me blush. <laughs> now, go, go! I must get to work. Okay. She hops down off of the box and scampers out of the of the shop. All right. Um. So back to the hotel. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. I feel like I feel like that club maybe not all that it's cracked up to be. <laughs> There's probably more around, but she's not really. A it's club the only one she knows. So, yeah, yeah, it's not a nightlife lady. <laughs> She only knows the famous one. <clears throat> that was hilarious. <laughs> She's just like, nope. It's like, what? That is familiar, though. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys go back to the hotel, catch yourself some Z's. Um, yeah. And then uh, is there anything you guys want to do either before you go to sleep or when you get up in the morning? Uh, before you head back down to the uh, bazaar? Uh, before she goes to sleep, um, Shelly actually spends some time um, practicing with that blade. Ah, okay. And she feels kind of drawn to, her, to it in a weird way. So she, after she's done practicing, she just kind of sits with it across her lap, kind of like looking at the intricate drawing you know the carvings on the on the hilt and the little hieroglyphs and just kind of like just she just feels like she's drawn to it for some reason and spends some time just looking at it and eventually she puts it aside and she's got I gotta remember to get a thing for this because keeping it in my belt is not gonna work very long <laughs> And uh, then she goes to bed. Probably pretty late. 
Um, when you go to bed, after sitting there with the with the sword for a little while, um, you drift off, uh, and then you find yourself in a dream, and you are in the sands of Egypt. Familiar, but different. Mm-hmm. And the sky is a, a gorgeous, gorgeous sky <laughs> uh, with kind of purple and red hues to it. Very unnatural. Uh, the clouds themselves are kind of a lavender orange kind of mix. Uh, and you can see the pyramids off in the distance. Uh, and you kind of become aware of yourself here and kind of look down. And the garb that you are wearing is not the garb you normally wear. Uh, and you look as though you are wearing like kind of a traditional kind of ancient um, set of robes uh, from ancient Egypt. Um, But it doesn't startle you. It doesn't really seem necessarily out of place. You just kind of accept it. Uh, And you feel a draw towards the pyramids and then you begin kind of walking in that direction. Overhead... Uh, you see a kind of visage of what seems to be like a eagle of some sort. Uh, and this eagle is flying kind of the same path that you're walking towards uh, the pyramids. <laughs> and once you get to the pyramids, um, they suddenly kind of begin to shift and move and sand begins to kind of flow down the sides as they begin to shift and it's very slow but you can hear kind of the stonework kind of grinding up against itself and so forth and the three pyramids begin to merge into into one giant pyramid and as you approach a door forms uh, on the side that is facing you Uh, and it sinks into the stonework uh, and then slides down into the earth and from within there's a bright light Uh, and a shadowy figure kind of comes out in front of that light just blocking it ever so slightly kind of casting you a little bit in shadow and it has a large staff Um, and the staff that it carries uh, is rather thin kind of has like a little bit of a hooked point and in the other hand uh, there seems to be what looks like a rather large onk as the figure kind of steps into view you see that it is a humanoid figure very dark skinned uh, and its head is that of an eagle and in a very deep and booming voice 
It says, Priscilla. Uh, hi. Yeah? You have come to my land from a land far away. And you hold within your hand a sword of cold steel. This is the Pharaoh's sentinel. Are you worthy? I... I don't know. I, I mean, I, I hope. I, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know. What is... <laughs> compared to what? <laughs> are you I a try? Are you a queen? No. Just a girl from Hoboken. A simple girl. Trying to fight the good fight. Do the right thing. A simple girl holds my steel. I, I mean, if you want it back, I, I understand. Your father... Just Sought the skies. Yeah. He is with us now. Oh. That's nice. Yes. You see him. He is there. And he points at the eagle. Oh. Oh. This is your guardian. Huh. He will watch you. He will protect you. He and the Sentinel are one. Do you seek the skies? Yeah. I mean, I get to fly a lot, but I don't get to enjoy it as much as I'd like. Hmm. So be it. The Sentinel will guide you. And it will show you the skies. Prove to me your worth. Okay. Um, just let me know what I need to do. Or is that part of it? When the time comes, you will know. Okay. And he begins to walk backwards back into the pyramid and it begins to slide and cover his form. And when it reaches the top, green ends. 
wow, I don't know what I made in that in that bar, but I, that was some serious stuff. And you wake up as soon as that dream ends, and you realize that you are you had gone to bed, but you're now about five feet up from where you had originally laid. And just floating, floating floating there. Yeah. She sleeps above the covers. Well, feet (laughs) above the covers. (laughs) She's like, looks... Uh... And you must have fallen asleep with the sword kind of cradled, uh, just kind of in your lap, like above you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's still there. Okay. All right. All right. So. (sighs) Okay. So I'll take hold of the sword. Mm -hmm. And gently just kind of like in a in a in a normal grip, just kinda of hold on to it and just be like turn to that okay, think down. <laughs> Calmly, carefully. Uh make a reason feet. <laughs> and this is how I found the basement. <laughs> oh no. Uh Tank's about to get a wake up call. <laughs> Clang! All right, reason. Keep closing my character sheet. Okay, yeah. So think down, and you slowly just begin to drift back into the bed. (gasps) Okay. And then you... takes a second. Mm -hmm. You hear this kind of fluttering sound and look immediately to where that came from and it's the window Mm -hmm. which is open air okay and seated in the window is a bald eagle she immediately like just sets the sword down and like like really carefully and like like not wanting to spook the bird, you know, just, she like moves over and she's like, Dad, is that really, really <laughs> you? And as you kind of look over to it and you begin to move, all of a sudden you kind of become slightly disoriented and like almost dizzy. And then you have like this double vision thing that's kind of going on. And as you're getting up and starting to walk towards it, you see yourself walking towards the bird. am I? No, you are. Oh, okay. You are, but it's like, it's a, it's a secondary vision. Like you're seeing from the bird's eyes. Oh, okay. Walking towards. Okay. Back yeah. towards. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, I <laughs> it, like reaches out towards, like not really sure how to even <laughs> do that. She's gonna like reaches out, like, ah, it kind of leans in and rests its head in the palm of your hand. 
just kind of quickly and then kind of comes back. I... Mom would never believe this. I mean, I'm not allowed to talk to her anymore, but... Wow. I mean... Really miss you. And it just kind of ruffles its feathers a little bit. And then takes off and flies. And when it does, you see a vision of the earth below it and the city uh, mm. below just for a few moments. And then that dissipates once he kind of gets out of range. Wow. She like takes a few minutes to shake that off and just like, and kind of flops down on the bed, accidentally poking yourself in the butt with the sword. <laughs> <laughs> moves it a little bit. Wow. I just, wow. Wait till I tell Hank about this. He's gonna... He's not gonna know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <sighs> right. So she'll take up the sword again. And I guess it's it's like early morning or is it late night still? It's probably about four o'clock in the morning at this point. So she's had a couple hours of sleep. It's it's enough for her. So she gets up and she practice goes to practice some more with it and and kind of like lets the blade guide her in a weird way, like trying to like intuitively figure out how it works. Like the boys taught her knife fighting. Mm -hmm. and basic and a little bit of uh, a little bit of machete work but right. so you're kind of weaving it around back and forth and doing some kind of fighting moves and then you thrust at one point and when you thrust all of a sudden you are you yourself are thrust forward oh <laughs> now I don't have to have Will throw me around I can throw myself around <laughs> um, so and we don't have to do this on your character sheet, but just make note of it. Mm -hmm. You now have a uh, flight of typical. Okay. And then I'm creating a power for you <laughs> uh, called Eagle Sight. And uh, that will basically kind of give you like almost like a clairvoyance type thing, but only through the eyes of that eagle, which is now your companion. Nice. That's super cool. <sighs> wow. So yeah, she'll um, eventually she'll throw the tatters of what's left of her clothing on her and her jacket over it. And head downstairs okay. uh, to get some breakfast. Right. Um, fairly vibrating with energy, just like clearly, you know, kid at Christmas slash um, first day on the job kind of energy. 
All right, Lizard. Yes. Um, I, you have a pretty restful night of sleep uh, and Good. wake up in the morning. N no weird-ass dreams or birds coming to visit you <laughs> uh, at night or floating in the air. I knew that she shouldn't have told uh, told that person her, her true name, but she <laughs> doesn't, so... Um, and as the morning kind of wears on six o'clock probably everybody's kind of getting up and getting breakfast and doing all that sort of stuff I'm sure at some point and we can role play this out at a later date there Jeff if you want to with Hank and the rest of the group but I'm sure you probably share or maybe you don't uh, maybe you just share it with Hank um, and he doesn't really know what to make of it uh, at this point, but it sounds like you had a visitation from an Egyptian god. Uh, oh, we're in the right place for it. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and the time kind of rolls around a little bit to where you probably need to head back down to the bazaar uh, to pick up your new duds. Yes. She's, she's actually, like, almost scared. Because uh, it's like, at this point, like... Don't worry, I'm not going to let her rip you off too much. I don't care about that. Oh. I... You don't understand. I had a dream last night. Yeah, so and, did I. And it was... I think it's a falafel. <laughs> <laughs> she just laughs and kind of kind of crashes into his shoulder, just lays her head on his shoulder for a second and pats him on the back. Thank you, Jake. You're welcome. Let's go pick up your dress uh, uniform. Yeah. All right. So you guys end up back at the at the little shop uh, owned by uh, Imandit. Uh, and when you come in, uh, she rushes over to you and just gives you a nice big hug, and buries her little head in your bosom because <laughs> she's so small. She is so tiny. <laughs> uh, oh. I I almost didn't get it finished this morning. I fell asleep for just a moment. But in that moment, I saw something. You are more than what you led on to believe. I, I mean, look, I, I am just me, I promise you. But me is turning out to be more than I thought it would be. The eye of Horus is upon you, you realize. Is he, um... Associated with the... The eagle? Yes. Ah. He has the eagle's head. Yeah, that makes sense, because, um... I, I, I think I talked to him last night. Wait, I thought the eagle was like, you know, the American symbol. Apparently there's eagles everywhere. Huh. I didn't know that. I yeah, me like, either, really. Made in America. Like, you know, <laughs> Ford. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, we we talked last night, and um, uh, he said um, that I, I was going to have a chance to prove myself worthy. Oh, then you have been given a great gift. I think yeah. we've already kind of done that, what with all we've been through. Well, I mean, maybe he's got other criteria. I don't know. 
Look at that. I'm using big words now. Well, because the eye of Horus is upon you, he came to me and I had this feeling last night that what I was doing for you was a part of this gift. So I have this for you. And she kind of takes this drapery off of like a, a mannequin like mm -hmm. model uh, that she has there and pulls it off. And it's this beautifully designed uh, like one piece uh, suit. It looks like it's kind of made out of some sort of very thick hide or leather. Uh, and uh, she's stitched in several different kind of colors into that with uh, browns. Uh, she took a little bit of an idea from um, a Lizard's costume, or from a, 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 a Tank's costume. Yeah. What's Tank's real name, damn it? Sorry. Jake. 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 Oh, you told me that. Yes. Jake. Yeah. Uh, I hardly ever use it. But I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Jake's costume, so there's a little bit of that kind of olive green in there as well. Um, and on the front is emblazoned uh, the... I. It's, it's kind of an Egyptian-y kind of looking version of an American Eagle. Okay. Uh, but it's embroidered onto the chest uh, of this particular piece. Uh, the rest of it is pretty much kind of a stark white kind of color. Wait, um, did you copyrighted colors? <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> And then as a, kind of a, a nice little final touch, uh, made out of the same leathery kind of material, uh, there are a pair of identical combat boots to what Jake is wearing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but they're a little bit more uh, high. They come up to the uh, upper thigh. Or not okay. upper thigh, upper calf. Upper calf. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and she says... This is the gift of Horus. It's amazing. Thank you so much. I'm going to put it on right now. And she's going to scoop it up off of the mannequin and run into the changing room if there is one. And then she, while you're in there changing, she turns to Jake. And yeah. she says, Jake... G.I. Jake, I call you. Yes, that works. I do have, well, I said I would have a gift for you, and I have it right here. And she goes over behind the counter uh, to the cash register and goes underneath the counter and pulls out a little box. Uh, and it's a very intricately carved, like, mahogany box uh, that looks like it has, like, little uh, inset ivory uh, pieces in it and maybe some like little pearlescent or opalescent kind of little flat uh, pieces there as well really a beautiful little piece in and of itself and she opens the box uh, and inside the box there is an amulet uh, 
the amulet looks like it is made out of some sort of like polished stone that almost looks like amber and the stone is in a perfect kind of circle but you look at it and it looks like it's got like plating kind of carved into it and it looks like a armadillo that is rolled up into a ball oh yeah i heard about these things they're in texas they're so cute and she, she says you have a spirit animal okay. and your spirit animal protects you with his armor that makes sense this I'm is a little suspicious how she knows this <laughs> This is for you. And she gives it to you and she actually puts it around your neck. Um, I'm a little cautious. Do I feel anything like it's about to take over my mind or strangle me? <laughs> <laughs> Make a psyche feat. Okay. Fail a feat. Got it. Uh... <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you feel nothing. <laughs> it's pretty I'll be nice to the old lady right and she says this this will protect you from magic oh well that could be useful I figure I'll ask you know one of our guys if it's legit later I sense dark forces around you and the young woman changing clothes in the other room and I hope that this little token will help protect you when you really need it. I hope so, too. I need all the protection I can get in this job. And at this point, I think probably Bombshell is, uh, is finished and that thing fits like a glove. Nice. She will come out and do a spin. Oh, it looks beautiful on you, darling. It looks beautiful. It's, uh, I feel so much more safe, protected, you know, like covered. <laughs> well, it suits you well. Thank you very much. Okay. It now, is my pleasure. We have to give you some money because materials and time and you are running a business after all so um i don't know how egyptian money works so you're gonna have to help me here <laughs> it works like any other kind of money you give it to someone and they give you something back right i just don't know what the the you know which which bill is which that that is how it normally works but i believe you missed something in what i said this is a gift from Horus. I know, but his gift used your hands and skills and time, right? While you were changing, I told our friend G.I. Jake here that I sensed darkness around you, around the mm. both of you. 
And while this suit will hopefully add some protection to you, you need more than that. But with the eye of Horus upon you, perhaps that is enough. And this is a small part, a small token of my appreciation for you. Okay. <laughs> and she gets down and like, crack, like almost kneels down and hugs her. And she hugs you in return. Now go, you're going to make this old lady cry. But be careful. Okay, we're off to Paris. Goodbye, come I, and visit I, me I when you're here again. I almost calm at the, the lack of, you know, operational security. OPSEC? So, yeah. Bombshell? Please. <laughs> yeah, she, um... She makes a habit of taking candy from strangers, and <laughs> she is uh, not the person you want to uh, take a take a cue from when it comes to safety. Well, <sighs> yourself when it, when things get bad. That much is for damn sure. Mm. Oh, I like your. Uh... Oh, is that was that the gift? That's pretty. I wonder what stone that is. She's like looking at the necklace as you guys walk out. Yeah, it does. I mean, is that look, jade? Look and touch. It has a jadish kind of quality, but yeah, it it really does look like amber. Hmm. Semi-transparent. You can see right through it. There even okay. looks like there, you know, might be like a small insect or something inside it. Yeah, it's, it's modeled after one of those things they got in Texas. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I think they have them here, too. Yeah. I guess. I would assume. They got eagles here. They probably have armadillos here. Hmm. Oh, boy. Wow. Just wow. And then she's as they're walking to the airport... She looks up in the sky mm -hmm. to there's, see if she sees the eagle. There's an eagle flying. She's kind of like wonders. Are you gonna Are you gonna chase us all the way to Paris? Or are you gonna come <laughs> down and come inside? I don't know how this works. <laughs> well, you guys eventually kind of make your way back to the airstrip, uh, and Peggy is there. She's got a plane prepped and ready uh, to take you guys back to Paris. Uh, and as you all are kind of gathering to kind of board the plane, uh, the eagle uh, flies down in your direction uh, and is kind of coming right for you. I'll uh, hold out an arm for it, you know. And it comes and it perches and it lands on your arm. Hi. I, like, I don't know if that's dignified, but I couldn't resist. <laughs> he accepts the scritches. She's she is a very kind of weird, solemn, happy look on her face. Like 
not not a not the look of a of a girl who's got a new pet. There's definitely something else going on there. And Peggy says, "So, do we have to make transport for another with us tonight, or this morning?" Um, I don't think he takes up much space. Well, I've seen Stranger Things uh, as of late, so <laughs> all aboard. Seen Stranger Things today. Uh, so you guys uh, get on the plane with the new Eagle Companion uh, and uh, make your way to Paris. Uh, the trip itself pretty uneventful. You guys end up landing in a private airstrip just outside the city. And from there... You're driven into town back to the hotel that you stayed at the last time you were in Paris, the Hotel Le Relais Saint-Germain. Um, Peggy's fellow resistance fighters, Napoleon Sack and Jacques Dernier, uh, are your escorts. And once you guys get settled into your, your quarters, uh, Jacques and Napoleon come and fetch you and gather you up and take you to a small cafe. Uh, the very same cafe where you all first met uh, several weeks ago. And once you reach the cafe, uh, you're brought back down into the basement with Peggy Carter and Heinrich Bruhl is uh, sitting at the large table there as a small feast awaits uh, as you guys conduct your meeting. And Brule welcomes you all as you come in. You all sit down, and uh, as the food is kind of being brought in, uh, he addresses you. Gentlemen, miss, it is a pleasure to meet you at last, officially here, face to face. It is with much gratitude I, that I have the opportunity to sup with you here tonight. A feat that might not have been possible were it not for your quick thinking and careful, thoughtful protection on that cold winter night on the train to Poland. You have served your country and the British Empire well, and on a personal level I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Now, as I'm sure Miss Carter had mentioned, I was recently transferred to Nuremberg from my location in Poland and was put in charge of a transfer of goods and men to the city of Frankfurt. This was a top secret mission that only myself and the men that accompanied me were made aware of. We were not told at the time exactly what it was that we were transporting, only that it was an important item of the battle against the Allied forces and the personal property of the Fuhrer himself. We were sworn to protect this case with our very lives. Once we reached the base in Frankfurt, I and a few selected my peers within the SS were charged with the protection of this item which was hidden away in a secret underground bunker located on the base. Upon first glance, I realized that I was in the presence of an item that held great significance, the Spear of Destiny. Now, as a child, 
My mother and father, God-fearing Christians they were, took me and my siblings on a trip to Austria, where we were visited, where there we visited the Habsburg Crown Jewel Collection, with the sole purpose of basking in the holy glory that was the Spear of Longinus, or as some call it, the Holy Lance. This image was imprinted on my young brain, and upon laying my eyes on this relic once again so many years later, I needn't bother reading the file that I was presented with to recognize the item I had been put in charge of protecting. Within 48 hours, I found a spare moment to send out word of this discovery. Unfortunately, before the message could be delivered, I believe the spear had been switched out with a fake. A few of the soldiers on base were gallivanting around in town and were approached by a local merchant who had sold them several bushels of white roses that the soldiers purchased with the intention of sending back to their women at home. Now the soldiers brought these onto the base and many of us that smelled their sweet perfume began to fall ill, myself included and were lulled into a feverish sleep. At some point during the evening hours, because of this sudden rash of illness, I believe the spear was left unattended, and someone absconded with the relic, leaving a near-perfect copy in its place. Upon closer inspection of the spear, I noted that the holy nail that was entwined with silver wire seemed somehow different than I remembered. The Spear of Destiny's nail was woven to the blade right to left. This copy, however, had the nail woven in left to right. Yeah. It was a subtle difference, but a difference nonetheless. And Peggy kind of chimes in at this point. The Spear of Destiny, known, also known as the Holy Lance, is the is in the Christian tradition the spear that the Roman soldier Longinus thrust into the side of Jesus as he hung on the cross. The quote from the Bible reads as follows. She pulls out a Bible. Then came the soldiers and brake the legs of the first and the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they brake not his legs, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came out blood and water. John nineteen thirty-two through 34 Christian knights discovered the Holy Lance at Antioch during the First Crusade in 1098. The sight of the sacred artifact in the Church of St. Peter also inspired the beleaguered Christian soldiers that they rallied and routed the, the sacrens from the city. From that time forth, according to legend, whoever claims the spear and solves its secrets holds the destiny of the world in his hands for good or evil. Although there were a number of relics in various European churches that claimed to be the genuine Holy Lands, the spear that was on display in the Habsburg Treasure House Museum in Vienna was considered the most authentic, and it had a home there for 250 years. It is also known as Constantine's lance, 
and it was employed as a symbol of the imperial power of the Holy Roman Emperors at the time of their coronation, in much a similar manner as the orb and scepter are used as the coronation of the monarchs of Great Britain. The exact powers of the lance are currently unknown, but we do know that within months of its acquisition by Adolf Hitler, the Nazi party came to full fruition, and the world was cast into the chaos that we now find ourselves ensconced in. Brule now continues. I believe that this mysterious merchant I spoke of is certainly connected with the dis disappearance of that spear. Yeah. I am scheduled to return to base and accompany several battalions back to Frankfurt via caravan tomorrow eve at 1600 hours. Miss Carter and I have taken the liberty of procuring proper documentation and German uniforms for each of you as one of the battalions returning to Germany. The papers and uniforms have been delivered to your rooms, and we will meet at Dock 17 along the River Seine shortly before 1600 to begin our journey to Frankfurt. The trip will take nearly seven hours by caravan. You will need to maintain your undercover status throughout the journey, and we will reconvene at the base to discuss your investigation in town when we arrive. Peggy then adds on, Our good friend and partner in the resistance, the American inventor Howard Stark, has provided us with advanced technology of his design. And she pulls out a box that has uh, like six devices in it. They look like little small like hearing aids almost. These devices can be attached to your dog tags and it is connected to this hearing device that can be inserted comfortably in your ear. This is a highly advanced translation device that will allow any of you that do not speak German to converse freely with the other soldiers along your journey. Now, my advice is keep your sentences short. However, as this any astute onlooker may be able to discern that your lips are not forming the words properly so as not to raise suspicion. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Good backup in case some... Um, in case, uh... Mr. Arcane can't manage the same feat he did last time. Yeah. At, at least this way he won't have to maintain concentration on that. Yeah. Which could be disastrous in the event of a, a spontaneous red room youngster attack. So, do you have any questions? I know that this is happening rather quickly, but I do believe time is of the essence. If there's anything else that I can answer for you, now is the time to ask. Um, uh, we going to get any other, uh, backup here? We usually have a few more uh, people with us. Well, it is possible, but, uh, unfortunately on such short notice, I was not able to get in contact with anyone. Perhaps Brule, uh, somewhere along the line might be able to bring someone else in if, uh, if time permits, but we must do what we can to maintain your cover at all costs. Of course. I mean, 
we're gonna we're gonna find that thing and we're gonna get it out of there. That's what we're gonna do. I um Yeah. Um we're just gonna meet at the river and head to Frankfurt and then once we get there and we Rule gets uh, his stuff squared away. We'll meet up and figure out what our next step is. Right? Yep. All right. So as they said, uh, waiting for you back in your rooms when you get there are uh, some small trunks uh, that have the uniforms in there. Uh, for Bombshell you'll be going undercover as a nurse. Mm. Uh, and the Red Cross was actually a part of the German uh, uh, military at that time. So they did accompany soldiers out into the field. Uh, this was certainly something back in that day that really seems completely at odds with what the Red Cross was really set up to be. Mm-hmm. But truth in fact, and this is the sad part about it, is they were manipulated in a way to truthfully believe that what they were doing was for the betterment of their country. Mm. Uh, even so much so that there were even Red Cross nurses that were at the concentration camps <sighs> and assisting with the euthanization of the uh, of the prisoners. Yeah. Um, and these poor women were you know, taken advantage of, obviously, you know. Uh, mm. But in weirdly, in doing the research for this game, <laughs> you know, I came across so much that was just so dark and, you know, as as dark and twisted and fantasy as we are going with this, the reality of it is just it is so much worse. Horrifying, yeah. Yeah. Um, so her being in that garb would be perfectly acceptable and believable uh, in in this time period. Uh, The rest of the uh, gentlemen uh, are given kind of traditional lower-ranking soldier uh, uniforms, German uniforms. Um, So, and for the guys, it feels just dirty putting those things on. Um, yeah, but for the greater good, it seems like this is just going to have to be the way it is, at least for right now. Um, Brule meets with you guys before you guys head down to the docks and kind of informs you that, uh, in addition to the, the uniforms that you guys would be wearing, uh, he is going to collect anything that you guys feel like needs to be delivered uh, to the barracks in Germany when you get there uh, so that you can have access to any of the other uh, stuff that you need. Now, switching into your costumes is probably not going to be able to happen at any point while you're ensconced. Uh, which lizard that potentially means you may need to figure out a backup uh, for when you tank out, because I think your costume, your uniform actually transforms with you. Is that correct? 
It's designed to have um, like straps and stretchy parts to expand. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so if you transform in the German uniform, you're going to rip out of it, right? As you know, limited by the Comics Code Authority, but yes. <laughs> We'll just put a big sensor bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, that's certainly quite a something tank. To, to probably take into account when when you tank out uh, and you only have the one costume or one uniform. Okay, so I guess I guess my new outfit and the sword need to stay and you guys will everyone including uh bombshell will be issued a luger uh that will do good damage with a three area range and a clip that holds eight rounds <clears throat> Did not know nurses carried sidearms. They they don't. Okay, but so that'll be so. Yeah, you're gonna have to keep in that the concealed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, can I, I guess, leave these with you? She says to Peggy, indicating the sword. Uh, yeah, and she says Peggy says that she will make sure that this gets put into the trunks that are going to be delivered to the barracks. So you okay. should be able to. You know, if if you have to leave the barracks under cover of night or, you know, if you're released into the city at any point, then they'll make sure that that is available for you to be able to gather whatever equipment that you need uh, to go out on the town. Okay. All righty. Go get changed. All right. And make sad faces. <laughs> So, here's what I'm thinking. I think because of where we are right now, I don't yeah. know that I want to probably move forward. I agree. Yeah, I think that We covered a lot of ground already, and I yeah. think this yeah, section yeah. is going to be required reading for the other boys. <laughs> for sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, too much. I can't sum up. Go watch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll call it then for tonight again. Thanks, guys, for coming. All right. Yep. And then Have we'll see one. you in two weeks. All right. All right. Take care, gents. All right. See ya. Okay.